Welcome back to the Video Made Simple podcast, part two with Nathaniel Bibby. He is an absolute rock star. If you've missed part one, here's a sneak peek. Videos are shared 20 times more than any other type of content. But it doesn't just mean that you can sit there and do a video and it's going to do well. It's got to be good. You've got to like, you know, got to know what you're doing. And it is this whole new skill set, as you know, being able to, you know, get in front of camera and hold people's attention, get them to remember the content, what you're saying, having it edited properly, lighting, audio, all those sort of things are a skill and are important. You can't just expect to, to hop in front of the camera and, and say, hi, here I am, I'm on my way to a meeting. And all of a sudden your business is going to go crazy. Like you've got to have some sort of strategy and it's going to take some time for you to get good at it. And now here's part two with Nathaniel Bibby. What about profiles? Because people, I don't think, really understand the power of the profile and the importance of having that straightened out. You know, LinkedIn yeah. now integrated video into your profile, which we were all over immediately and kind of pushed our thing out there and told everyone should be doing this, you know. But, you know, yeah. let's um, go for a commonly used title in the top of the p- profile where an individual might use entrepreneur, uh, content creator, inspiring keynote speaker. Like, are these just like the worst thing to include in or is, you know, is that the, is that the thing to do? Because I noticed you don't do it. The rocket ships get me in the emoji rocket ships <laughs> in the headline. I'm like, come on, oh, come on, dude. And I'm so apologize if anyone's like, oh, we all make mistakes. But <laughs> we, like, got, we get results. <laughs> you know, but like there was a time when I was like, yeah, like, if you put keywords in your headline, you'll rank at the top and you'll get ranked well on Google as well. These days, because everyone's doing it, like you're, it's more important than ever not to come across as a salesperson if you want to get customers. So it's about looking professional and, and showing credibility. I mean, people need to know what you do. Like, uh, you know, if your headline and your company name and your profile photos are that good, that people are curious enough to click on your name and read your profile to find out what you do, then that's cool. Like if you're, you look really important, that you know, that'll work. Curiosity is great. But if, if people are looking for like something specific, you know, and then they're looking in their network for video marketing agency, like it's good to have it in your in your headline. But other than that, I would keep it very professional. Like the things are changing on LinkedIn because there's so many people that are, you know, salespeople on there now spending all their time working out how to prospect. I think you want to make sure that first things first, if you are on there to get customers, make sure it doesn't look like a salesperson. Yeah. And I guess hence why I've got sunglasses and whatever else on. And that's, I'm going to say that that's not the ideal thing. But on that, how important is it to get that image right? Like, obviously, there's things that look like somebody's just quickly pulled it off their iPhone and chucked it up there. And of course, now video has has kind of changed the paradigm again. If you can't present yourself on video, you, to a certain degree, missing that opportunity. Tell me more. What what do you think is the right way to present yourself? Well, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, there could be a a textbook right way, but if everyone did it, then it, it wouldn't be very effective. So, like, it is important important to be unique but I think you know it just has to come back to your brand like what is your brand are you how are you going to show up when you are speaking in front of people when you go to meetings when you're on zoom calls and then 
you want to amplify that on the social media. But clients say to me, oh, Nathaniel, I noticed you're wearing a t-shirt in your LinkedIn profile photo. Is that good? Should I redo my profile photo in a t-shirt instead of in a shirt? And I was like, well, no, because <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, a shirt's probably better, but it's just like, it, it is in line with my brand. And I think like being unique and, you know, you with the sunnies, like is really cool, but like not just be unique for the sake of it. And you've got sunnies on here and, and over there, you're professional and being unique, but <laughs> having some sort of cohesive strategy yes. with it. Yes. And, and the idea being with the personal brand is so that what will resonate with people is is what they can relate to on a personal level. Like if you're a business talk and you've got the corporate shop with the white wall behind you, there's no personality. People aren't going to remember looking at your profile. Probably not. Like if you show some personality, like, you know, you tell them what you do, but you maybe put in a couple of like little anecdotes about your dog or, you know, a bit of vulnerability about why you got into the business, show a bit of your personality in the photograph. Any of those things just make people go, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Maybe even I like that guy, but whatever, it's uniquely you. It makes you special, makes you easy to remember. And I think that's the most important thing is, is just working out what your brand is and not basing it on, oh, Nathaniel's got his T-shirt yes. on, so I'm going to do that. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> Looking at what's trending. So what are the common yeah. mistakes people make with their LinkedIn profile? If they're using it to get customers, like a lot of the time that they've just got their profile set up as a CV, which, you know, is a big mistake. Um, so you just got to think about, okay, what am I using LinkedIn for? Who do I want to look at my profile? That whole other strategy for getting them there in the first place. But then when they get to the profile, what do I want them to do? What are they going to be thinking and feeling and, and skeptical about when they get to the profile? So just like a website, you just want to like move them through that conversion journey as smoothly as possible. So if somebody is like looking for a accountant and, you know, the first thing in your profile is, um, you know, I'm from Canada and I moved to, yeah. you know, Perth like 12 years ago and they're not going to be interested in that. So it's got to be like, you know, straight away, like, you know, are you frustrated with your yes. bookkeeping or yes. whatever it is? And then tell them what to do next. Like just that little thing of yes. telling them what to do next will mean that your profile converts because a lot of profiles I look at get like a few hundred views yes. and they don't get any messages they're like oh yeah people look at my profile but nothing happens yes. that's a big problem because your profile is the conversion that's where you get the conversions yes the all the other stuff is just to get people to go to your profile all of the content and, and, and messaging is, is all just to get people to come to your profile but that's where you you have the permission there to explain what you do and what people should do next because if people are reading your profile they're asking for that information the mistake that a lot of people do is that on their profile like they just talk all about themselves they don't think about the person that's looking at it and then when they post their content they're like oh and go to my website and call me like and doing all that there in their videos and stuff rather than just adding value creating curiosity getting people to come to the profile and then guiding them through the, the customer journey and then after that you just got to build credibility like people are so trust centric online these days people have been ripped off left right and center like if you're in marketing i'd be amazed if you can find a business that hasn't had a bad experience investing in marketing already so they're like is this guy somebody who's going to take from me or is this guy actually going to help me so it's really important that if, if you haven't worked with you know 500 businesses or generated 400 million dollars in sales what have you got that you can draw focus to so that they're not left wondering like if you've only worked with three clients like, okay, let's get crystal clear on what you did for them. So, okay, so like this client, we doubled the revenue for, and he was able to go and do this and draw attention to that rather than trying to make yourself sound more important than you actually are. Talk about actual tangible results because everybody says, 
we'll increase your revenue. Mm. We'll you know transform your business. Yeah. The, the people that are doing that are writing the same things as the people that are making it up and don't know what they're doing. Yes. So how are you going to separate yourself and then get recommendations? Put video content on there. Video is so important. Like really makes you stand out. Like it's if I'm speaking to a new prospect, they've like come across my website. For example, the conversation goes, it goes okay. But if, if they just watch one video, they just say, oh, I just spent the last 15 minutes watching a video on your LinkedIn profile. The conversation is so much easier. They just see you as an authority already. They're not as skeptical. It makes a huge difference. So you just want to put that information for, in front of people, but at the right stage of the customer journey. And when they've clicked on your name to look at your profile, that's the right stage because they've asked for the information or they've Googled your name and they've ended up at LinkedIn. At that point, like they've asked for the information, it's an inbound activity. When they're at your profile, it's not you pushing it on them as an outbound mm. activity in your content. So it's about the customer journey and making sure that when they get to your profile, that you're doing the right things of converting them to the next stage yes. and your website's no different. Yes. So people say to me, right, people say, oh, I've got this video on my website. Isn't it great? Should I post on social media? And I said, no, nah, like that video is not going to work on social media. And they're like, oh, you know, I, was, I paid all this money for it. I should get rid of it. I said, no, no, like it's perfect yeah. for your website, yeah. you know, explaining what your product's all about. But people aren't at that stage of the customer journey yes. if you're posting organically yet. It's still quite fresh, the idea of repurposing video content. We're just seeing the trend now in the last three or four years of people saying, well, I'm going to spend you know, 5K on a 90-second video. How do we leverage and extend its lifespan? So there's more and more demand now for you know short 15, 20-second grabs where we break up a 90-second video into short content so that they can repurpose it for social media and convert it into ads and whatever. Mr. Southall. Do you have any questions that you've got? Thank you, Mr. Schroeder. So, Nat, uh, a question around duration of video content. Is there a, an ideal time or is it just based on where they are in their journey and where the video lives? How does that work? Um, yeah, there's parts to, to do with it. I mean, it's as long as it takes for you to get the value across. Like, shorter, there is a lot of value in clarity. You know, it's, it's so if you can do it in 30 seconds, you know, uh, do that. But ideally, like when we're producing videos for clients, we're looking to get it between one and a half to two and a half minutes for organic posting on LinkedIn. And, you know, the platform works very different on YouTube. So like on YouTube, it's better to have longer content. But you just got to remember, like at any point, whether it's the first minute or the first 10 minutes, it's boring for like, you know, even for, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds. Like if it's, you got to get, just get rid of it. Cause as soon as people stop watching, they're not going to go back and watch, you know, what you're saying towards the end. There's a lot of people that start posting on LinkedIn and they're literally like, they spend the first 20 seconds explaining who they are and, you know, why they're using that camera and, I don't know, getting themselves comfortable, which, you know, if you're going to do a video for the first time, that's cool, but just cut that shit out. Like, sorry, I swear, but cut that off before you post it. Sometimes with these questions and answer videos I was talking about with clients, you know, I'm interviewing them quite often when we post the video on the client's behalf, the question's not even cut out. It just goes straight to them talking. You know, if it doesn't create some sort of context for the viewer, then we just cut it out. And and we even put the hook at the start. So like if there's a two and a half minute video for a client, just for seven seconds, they said something really cool with a bit of passion. We'll put that right at the start just so people know what's coming. Just like they do on TV, you know, like on TV, they'll show you the highlights before you watch the episode. There's a lot of things to think about, you know, but I think with social media, you get started and then every video you do, just learn a bit more and you just, the more you post, the quicker you'll learn. For a few years, I posted five times a day. I just figured, well, if I post, like I'm learning quite a lot at the moment, but if I posted five times a day, I'm probably going to learn a lot quicker. And I was like, oh, but how am I going to have time to run a business while I'm posting five times a day? 
like the learning begins. We have to figure it out, right? Now I know how to create a lot of content without it taking up all, all my time. But I don't know if I would have learned that if I didn't have to, you know. So like anything, it's like building the process, right? Building processes, seeing what works and keeping on exactly. top of it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess in our experience, the idea of building the process, given that they might only do something once in a blue moon, is part of the challenge. That's the gap in things working and not. The fact that they can't, you know, recall, dig up a way of doing things that is consistent and ensures that they have a speedy transition the next time they do it. I don't know. There's not really a question there. Just more of an observation. We'll be back in a short moment with Nathaniel Bibby. Video is everything. And because the world is now demanding that you appear on camera, it's time to get the skills of a professional presenter. Go to ridgefilms.com.au slash DIY because do-it-yourself videos should be easy and they should work. The DIY video program helps you personalize sales, produce video emails, and record videos regularly without tech hassles. Look and sound amazing, just like Nathaniel Bibby, and improve your professional image in every video meeting you have. Go to ridgefilms.com.au slash DIY. Back to you, Brendan. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, Chris. Does LinkedIn only work for B2B? Really good question. Like, I I love that because there's, like, I'll give you an example. There was a lady who's based in Singapore. She's Singaporean, but she grew up in Australia. She markets Australian real estate to people who live in Singapore. And I was catching up with her while I was there. And she said, oh, it's such a shame LinkedIn only works for B2B. Like, I would love to use it to market my real estate business, B2C. And we were having a couple of drinks. And then I said, well, what about this? What about if we target CEOs that live in Singapore that went to university in Australia? Yeah, they've got some ties with Australia. Maybe they'll come along to one of your property seminars. And sure enough, like within a couple of days, she filled up a, a seminar and she's like, oh, I can't take any more bookings for my for my seminar. All these CEOs rock up or went to university in Australia that live in Singapore. And she started doing these seminars every month. She couldn't fill them before. She was running full page ads in the in the newspaper up there. And so that's a B2C, you know, targeting. The other thing, like if you're not going to go direct to consumer, just think about, okay, well, either what businesses also work with my customers that are complementary or distribution channels. Or perhaps you want to get speaking gigs or you want to get in, you know, PR, any of those opportunities where it'd be helpful to get in touch with a certain industry and, and business title. And sometimes those opportunities can be worth a lot more. You know, like um, if you're in retail and you sell T-shirts, for example, you could get in touch with the guy, the right person at David Jones to market your clothes through LinkedIn. So it's just about the strategy, but really good question. Yeah, everything gets sorted out after a couple of drinks, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, like a, the speaking is a big thing. Like I, when I do LinkedIn versus Instagram with the Instagram coach, Vilinovic, like she doesn't use LinkedIn for business. Like her products, you know, membership base is about 50 bucks, a, uh, 45 bucks a month. But she's like, oh, but now that you mention it, all of my paid speaking gigs come from LinkedIn, hmm. you know, because that's wow. where the event managers are looking for speakers. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Another question around uh, touch points. How, how many, well, yeah, what's the number and where are these touch points needed in order to build trust? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, like, I guess you want the touch points coming your way, really. Like, I mean, you don't want to just be touching them all the time. So <laughs> like, if you're doing that outreach stuff, like I try and do it in one message. Like I don't, I don't send three messages if people don't reply and stuff like that. I mean, maybe in a year, like I'll invite something, but um, like respect people's time, keep what you're 
asking for very succinct and people respect that. But like if you're, what you're asking for is not going to be valuable and it's not positioned in the way that's, that's valuable to the person you're sending it to, you know, sending a longer email and three more messages, like I'm happy to test everything. Like I spoke to um, one of the LinkedIn marketing agencies in the US and I was like, oh, do you know what? Like I actually really like your content. There's not many LinkedIn marketing agencies I agree aligned with, but I said, I really love what you're doing. You know, let's have a chat, see what, you know, what opportunities there are. And this came up about how many times do you send messages? And he's like, well, we send a sequence of like six messages to clients. And I was like, interesting. What's your conversion rate? What's your average conversion rate? Told me the conversion rate. It's exactly the same as when I send one message, you know, like, you know, it wasn't better, it wasn't worse. But I think, you know, like coming back to your point, what you're saying before about like timing and seeing that history of messages, like I think, you know, if somebody is going to reach out in six months, do you want to be the guy that's been like sending yep. those sales messages every month with no response? If they are send, like sending you messages going, hey, Nathaniel, like I really like your YouTube videos and or commenting on your stuff, yes. like, yeah, like, yes, like give them love, like look yes. at their content, yes. respond to their comments. Yes. Um, it, you know, it's all helpful. But then you want to move them up the engagement ladder, but you have to be getting that engagement to, you know, those touch points, I guess, to be warranted uh, just, so, just one thought i mean there's a, there's a lot of different aspects to it because you've got to think about where the the um, prospect is in the customer journey i suppose one of the most successful things that we do and it stirs up trouble certainly when i open up my linkedin and see all these messages and whatnot but we basically go after people that have either shared liked or uh, yeah well liked shared or commented on content and email them and attach the link and say, hey, thanks so much, you know, like just a simple appreciation. And it's just amazing the feedback that we would get on that. Now we're not asking for anything. We're simply just going, hey, we're here and we noticed you like the content. Thanks so much. And um, it's it's really interesting how that, how that plays out. You know, my business coach said once, you know, you're on social media, so be social. And I forget yeah. that so much, you know, like it's so so, so new even now. Uh, we've been running it for so many years, but even now I still got to remind myself, you know, this is like <laughs> get out of it what you put into it. Like you're doing exceptional at the LinkedIn and the outreach, like the way that, you know, you approached me with the, the video, but it's just like, I, I, you know, very impressed. Like I was like the way you're doing it and things like that. Like you just mentioned, I, I can just imagine when people are listening to this, like, I wonder, when do I have time to do all of that? Yes. But like, and I imagine you've done this, but like people got to remember, like you figure out what works yes. and yes, like that it might be time consuming at time, but as soon as you put it into a system, yes. it doesn't have to be time consuming to do all of that. It's a hundred percent right. Because when I really invested and I, I sort of ban and been I and went, right, I'm all in on LinkedIn. And when I realized, and I was part of Lempod and all that at that point, and I was like the hours that I burnt up in, in just trying to be there, you know, I just not getting anything else done. And then this is only one platform, right? Not to mention the, the 10% of other platforms that would kind of do the, the regular little post once a week or whatever it happens over there. But Grant said it this morning, you know, like if, if this is a full-time job, if you can't systematize it, then, you know, you're just going to burn your day doing this. If you start a business, right, and you haven't got any customers mm. and you're sitting there at home in front of your laptop and you haven't got any money for ads, and you go on the Facebook, you're scrolling through the news feed, you're like, okay, I'll do a post, right? And then you get a couple of likes. And like you obviously aren't making any money because so you can't pay your bills. So like those two couple of likes are the highlight of your day. So all of a sudden, 
your whole business becomes about, oh, what am I going to post today? And what likes am I going to get? You don't even have a business. Like you need a, a business and customers and a product and, and something to convert them to before yes. you start yes. getting all that that stuff. Yes. You know, yeah. it's really important. Oh, look, and, and that's really what came out of the Grant Cardone meeting you know this morning it's like well yeah if you've got nothing what are you doing you know like you just having chit chats with people like at some point they're going to ask what do you want (laughs) you know and uh you've got to you know if you've got something there for them it's but like i asked him i said you know like you can't measure you know the success of of each piece of content i know the return on investments there he knows it's there but when you're actually like posting each piece of content like you can't sit there every single time you post a video and go will this make make me any money (laughs) yeah um you know, it's got to be part of like a holistic strategy. So that you go, okay, look, I'm got some of these videos are going to be entertaining. Yes. That's going to be part of how I grow yes. my subscribers. Yes. And then every now and then I'm going to ask them to buy something. And if I'm, as long as my business is growing and I'm making money, then it's working. Is there a magic number, I guess, frequency of posting and diversification of what you post? So, you know, text, still images, video versus an um, article or a reshare or something like that. Is there any kind of magic balance or should you just have a crack at everything? Well, yeah, I think you should do what you're good at and like what you can systemize. Like obviously, like, you know, LinkedIn have said they will give preference towards people that are posting in all different formats. Like a couple of years ago, I don't know if how active you were on LinkedIn then, but, you know, these guys were writing these like um, posts without images, without videos. Yeah. And you structure them a certain way and, and, you know, they make the sentences quite punchy to, and they would, they would go viral. Um, and so that like, they would post those every few days and, and like LinkedIn, they just, they have these meetings with the engineers and they're like, these dudes are hacking the platform. We're going to kick these guys off. How do we stop this from happening? And they're like, okay, we'll just add this to the algorithm. Like, you know, we, we want content creators to be doing the articles and the videos and the images and we give preference to them. If they're doing one type of content, then they'll get like a, I don't know, it just won't get not the same amount of kudos. Yes. Yeah, that's the latest. And in terms of frequency of posting, like there's a couple of things. One is like, how quick do you want to get where you're going? Like you'll get more feedback if you post quicker. If you're trying to do a high volume and the quality of the content decreases because you're trying to do too much, right. then, then you're doing too much. Like you should you're, never you're compromise sabotaging yourself. quality. Yeah, but with clients like businesses, you know, the average business, I find that if we're posting twice a week, then we're able to stay on top of like in the newsfeed for most of their audience for long enough. And then sort of like after three or four days, the, the post will probably slow down a bit and then you've got another one going up yes. to the top of the newsfeed. Avoiding the sabotage and allowing that content to circulate. Like we've actually found that we pulled from, I think, five days down to, well, I think it's decreasing day by day, but anyway, I think it's now around about um, three times a week for that reason. You know, we don't bother posting yeah. on weekends. Usually it's just a kind of a, you know, distribute it where, wherever we can. We don't have a preference of time of day or anything. We just kind of go, yep, cool. That's our, you know, tick. We've done it sort of thing. Uh, and with varying degrees, you know, we're not measuring like, oh my God, I got six likes or hundred views or whatever. We're not really measuring. We're just kind of going based off a gut feel. You know, is that is that the right thing? My first big LinkedIn Heroes interview was like the fourth interview I did. And I was like, Dr. John D. Martini's coming to Melbourne. Oh, like, yeah, I saw that. You know, I was like, oh, this is the event company that's booked him. Oh, here she is on Instagram. Oh, I'll just message her this at like 11 o'clock at night before he was speaking in Melbourne. Anyway, she's like, yeah, sure. Like after he does his talk, he'd be finished around 11 p.m. If you're there with your camera guys, 
you'll be able to get the interview with him. I'm like, Gee, what? Wow, okay. So I've got to organize this camera crew and get there, right? The next day, I'm patiently waiting for the video guy to get me the, the footage. Um, and he gets it to me at like 10, 9 p.m. that night or something. I was so excited. I was like, oh, yeah, wicked. Posted it straight on LinkedIn, right? Wake up the next morning. It's got like not much engagement at all because I posted it at night. Right. Most people got to bed. Yes. No engagement till the morning. Yeah. And so it didn't actually get that much tension. I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> and Ozzy's like, so who's, who's D Martini? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, when I reposted it, I think it must have been about eight months later, I did it in the morning on a Monday. So people engage on it in Australia yes, yes, quicker. Yes. And then it just gives that, that momentum to keep going for the, and it was, it stayed like getting engagement for over a week when I did it that way. But it's just a very important lesson. Just do it in the morning where your audience is. So they've got the whole right. day to engage with it. Yes. Right. Yeah. So is, is there a kind of perpetual motion if more people jump on it quicker? Does LinkedIn see yes. that? Oh, that's trending and yeah. away we go. Right. Massive. Okay, yeah. Cool. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. good. A great story, by the way. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Well, I thought I was throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. Name drop. Stories. I love it. <laughs> um, and we love uh, D Martini, man. Uh, although I do have to listen to him on half speed most of the time when he's on podcast. Um, oh, yeah. He, sp- he pauses a lot, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. well, like a lot of these gurus, they have, you know, repeated themselves for years. And so yeah. when they get asked a question, they can kind of regurgitate, but they do it in a way that they sometimes take for granted that somebody is listening who knows him or her. And often that's not the case. So you've got to play this kind of catch-up game to try and <laughs> figure out what the hell they're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can relate to that. Yep. And yeah, it might be the case with some people that listen to this show, actually. Um, but anyway, <laughs> look, um, Mr. Southall, I'm running out of questions here. And, and look, I just have one one more. Well, you have permission to ask. Right. Oh, is that okay? Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so for video, can the hook be in the text to help give it context? Or does it have to be in the video clip? Yeah, like, I think the text should give context. Yeah, the reason that we put that like little highlight at the start is just to keep people watching because they like, and it highlights sometimes creates curiosity. Like I've the video editors I had to train on how to do this, but to find the bit that's like, and this was the biggest thing I've ever learned in my life. And it's just like, no, you don't need to tell them what it is. Just put that at the start because they'll keep watching. Because if you open the curiosity loop, like that's what's most important. But a context is is a bit important as well. Like you've got to explain. Like if it just goes to a video and, and you're there talking with some woman, like who's that woman? Like, you know, for example, yeah. and then you just got to think about what's going to get them to press play. Because like the when I first started posting video content, I thought, oh, I'm going to write a caption to go with it. I'll just write in the caption what I said in the video. Like these are the three things to remember mm. about posting on LinkedIn. And I write them all there. And I thought about, I was like, what the hell are people going to watch a video yes. for? I've given them all the information. So, you know, the better way to do it is just go, these are the three things. Watch the video to find out what they are, you know? Yes. Um, but great question. Thank you. Yeah. He's got, see, that's why he comes on. He's got all the great questions. You guys know this stuff. You guys are doing all the right stuff. <laughs> well, I know you are. Yeah, but I don't, setting me up. I'm not setting confident it up. about having said that, you've offered so much value and, and obviously I've learned already from you. But I know that on this channel, the Video Made Simple podcast, we don't really, we've never really covered a lot around LinkedIn. And so I just want to say thank you so much for spending an hour with us and, and going over this stuff. Um, I think it's really important that people at least have a bit of bearing on this and how video can, can act as this beautiful distribution 
you know, mechanism on LinkedIn and be out there visible day in, day out. And I think that's underestimated in today's market. Absolutely. And you're most welcome. But I think there's a lot of people in my audience that would get value from what what you do as well. Like a lot of people trying to do this themselves, like, you know, this is what they're looking for. This is what they need. Um, There's not a lot of stuff out there that's that's any good. Honestly, I'm just really happy. Thank you so much for for your time. And I'm sure that we're not going to be quite as uh, strangers on LinkedIn now. Um, (laughs) Just I know him from his LinkedIn profile. Um, So, um, and, you know, perhaps one day we'll, we'll do this again and with some new LinkedIn algorithm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be opportunities to do other things together. Um, thanks very much for having me. It's been, been great. Thank you, mate. Have an amazing rest of the day. Mr. Southall. Cool. Very good. Very good. Do you have any post amble? Something about marketing and video. It is underestimated, isn't it? I mean, so many people don't think of social media as a way to grow their business, but it has been such a big contributor of ours for many years now and completely underestimated. Top five marketing activities. In fact, it's probably more like top three at the moment. It probably would be actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, just uh, as an example of the three top opportunities we've got at the moment have all come from LinkedIn. Yeah. And that's why- And they're all looking very likely to close because we've already built that trust. Right. And credibility. Yeah. Uh, it's completely underestimated. You're 100% right, mate. And, you know, it's not just for you thinking about this. It's not you and your social media. I think if you, just like Nathaniel said, you, you systematize this, you process this up. There is a team of people behind us that make this happen for us. And I think that's an important thing to consider. Yeah, there's lots of things. And whilst you might say, oh, your profile, you know, so you look at somebody and think your profile's up to date and they publish a lot, but it's all the stuff that happens in the background behind the scenes as well that you don't necessarily see that is equally as important, if not more important. Um, people mm. still respond to that one-on-one interactivity. And I think that that is underestimated on social media. And I think you really got to consider that, go all in on it, you know, Mm. All in on conversations, on being social. You know, it's not just a place for you to spam people, you know. And if you do that over time, you do have great content. And as you say, like all marketing needs to breathe. It's not because you put out something and immediately people are going to start doing business with you. You know, 18 months it may take or longer in some cases where people are just, they're just not ready right now. But when the time's right, you're the first person they'll think of. And video will play a mechanism a part of that because you are visually present you have got enough visual equity through your face through what you've been saying through the nurturing of content that you've been putting out there and when the time's right you're the person that they'll think of average films clients are the best video marketers in the world and know how to get their business a huge return on investment for this week's video marketing tip brandon you have a client you've been working with Yes. Yeah. One of our mortgage broker clients. Yeah. So tell me more about him. What, what was the problem you were trying to solve? So the problem that we we're trying to solve was trying to get people engaged to want to download an ebook and then follow up with a conversation afterwards. Uh, initially put a, an ebook on, on social and, and then asked for people to download it and give their phone number. And of course, got very little conversion on that. Almost no one responded. So we've put a video on each of the four chapters in the ebook and release those one a week for the four weeks. Yes. And over time, you know, he was obviously building trust, getting people to know him, uh, making people be very aware that he's not a shark and trying to take their money. He's actually there to help them. So at the end of that fourth video, uh, he then asked for their 
download and, and contact numbers. And I think I think the number he said was like 70 or 80% of people actually committed to it. So that, that just proves you know, the value that, that video and LinkedIn and you know, having that relevancy and frequency there is, is adding to the whole trust and credibility formula. So what's the conversion? The conversion, the result was? And, and the result was a 70 to 80% conversion rate of people wanting to download it and and start the conversation from that point. Awesome. That is sensational. I love that so much that you've been working with clients and allowing them and giving them advice on being able to do that. So if you want to do something like this for yourself, you need to hire a video marketing professional like Brendan Southall to go to richfilms.com.au. That's all for this episode of the Video Made Simple podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next week.